0: Hey, welcome to the Spring Hills podcast feed. Today, we've got a sermon replay for you. We now put our sermons on the podcast feed so you can have easy access to it. Uh, You can go to the Spring Hills app under media and you can find the podcast feed there uh, so you can listen to the sermons easily while you're driving to work. You can listen to them on Spotify, Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you can find your podcasts. We we have our feed up. So uh, the sermons are now available to you on the podcast feed. And then, of course, we talk a lot about the sermons throughout our episodes. So those are always good to, to catch up on. If you missed last weekend at church, you can listen to Pastor Brett's sermon here on the feed and then listen to the following episode of the Spring Hills podcast. So check out this message from this past weekend. Good morning everybody. The time is 9 48 a.m. You remember that? How many of you used to call popcorn? (laughs) Huh? Right? Remember? The day. All right. Now it just happens automatically. Isn't that beautiful? Okay. I'm Brett, pastor at the church. Enough frivolity. We need to get into it today, ladies and gentlemen, and talk about who is Jesus. Uh, The Everybody's got an opinion of Jesus. There'll be magazine articles that will come out, and who's Jesus? As we approach Easter, only four weeks away, and uh, so I thought we'd get ahead of the game and tell you who Jesus is from in his own words from the Scripture, so that <laughs> you don't have to waste your time on those articles. You know what I'm saying? Now, there's a great movie out right now called Jesus Revolution, and I encourage you to see it. Yeah, how many of you've seen that, Jesus Revolution? It's about a really uh, an awakening, an awakening uh, of people coming to Christ and in the end of the 60s, and into the 70s. I became a Christian during that time. And a lot of hippies come to Christ and come to faith, and it sort of traces that movement in Southern California, Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, Chuck Smith, and, and Greg Laurie and all those guys. I mean, it's just an amazing, encouraging thing. So uh, go watch it. You know, you'll be encouraged. It was supposed to gross only $7 million, opened up in 2,400 theaters targeting Christians, and now it's over $30 million in, in receipts and growing. So praise God, you know. Who is Jesus? Yes. Who is he? So let's talk about that again today. Uh, Jesus in his own words. Let's not put words in his mouth, you know. Let's let him talk about himself. All right. Lord, thank you for this morning. And thank you for your word. Give us wisdom and understanding into it. Holy Spirit, work in the room. Draw us to yourself, Lord Jesus, in his name, Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, I want to uh, jump into John chapter 6, the Gospel of John. There are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In John's Gospel, his account of the life of Christ... He records in John 6, the famous miracle, feeding of the 5,000, which we'll talk about. And then Jesus gives a commentary on that whole thing. So that's where we're going. Um, John chapter 6, after this, Jesus went away to the other side, the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd followed him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Okay, so people, large crowds. I mean, this is what's happening. Jesus can hardly go anywhere without, you know, tons of people wanting to be healed. They've heard about his miracles and all of that. And so great crowds are gathering every place he goes. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. The Passover feast of the Jews was at hand, lifting up his eyes then and seeing another. There comes a people coming toward him. Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread? um to so that these people may eat and he said that this to test him for he himself knew what he would do all right so let me give you the sort of the scene here when you read uh, mark's account of this remember matthew mark luke john this is john's account when you read mark's account he fills in some detail and he says that the disciples had just gotten back from a big mission trip they went out two by two they're exhausted jesus says hey come away by yourselves for a while they go up to the you know on the mountain to just a retreat. Okay, they're exhausted, and when they go up there, the people find them. And uh, Jesus looks up, and, and the retreat is cut short because here comes all these people. And uh, Mark says that Jesus saw them as sheep without a shepherd, and he had compassion on them. Now uh, he teaches them all day. Jesus like just starts teaching them stuff. And at the end of the day, the disciples are looking at their watch, and they're like, it's dinner time, man. And it's like, send them home. We're, ex- we're burnt, you know. We're exhausted. Send them home to get something to eat. And Jesus turns to Philip and says, uh, hey, Philip, uh, where are we to buy bread? All right, Philip? Philip was one of the 12, right, the inner group of leaders. Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And he said this to what? Test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Jesus is going to feed all the people. It's going to be a great miracle, the feeding of the 5,000. But he wants to test his leaders. So he says to Philip, where are we going to get all the bread for this? A little test. How do you pass the test? Well, you pass the test by saying, Lord Jesus, we know who you are. Nothing's impossible with you. What do you want us to do, man? We'll get them fed. Right? You'll perform a miracle. You do something. Does Philip pass the test? No, he doesn't. Philip says, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little bit. I mean, a denarii was a day's wage. 200 days, you know, working and we can just give everybody a bite. It's impossible, Jesus. Send them away. Failure. Okay, he fails here. We looked at our wallet, we got nothing. I mean, we 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 don't. You know? Jesus tests you sometimes. You know that? He tests you. Your disciple to tests you. How much you trust Jesus? Huh? How much you trust Jesus really now? Really? Come on. How much do we look to him when we got an impossible situation? Or do we just continually look at ourselves and we get defeated? That's our problem. I mean, that's it. Discipleship is learning to look to Him. He can do the impossible, it's learning to trust Him. In times of financial need or emotional need or need for wisdom or need for strength. So oftentimes we get frustrated and hopeless and angry and fearful and. Why? Because we're looking to our own resources, and we conclude it's impossible. Jesus, in Mark's account, now says to them, well, go, go, see what you can find, see what we got, all right? See what we got. They come back, one of the disciples, uh, Peter's brother Andrew, says to him, "Uh, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves, and two fish, uh, but what are they for? So many. We came up with a, a little boy. He's got his lunch, and he was willing to give it to us. <laughs> it's little biscuits. Get a little. Then no, we're not talking big barley. We're talking biscuits. This is lunch, all right. Two sardines. That's all we got. <laughs> but what are they for? So many it's hopeless. It'll never work. Send them home. Send them home. See, Jesus is hospitable. I mean, they've been with him all day. They're, he's like, let's give them dinner, man. Let's, let's take care of these people. It's, it's the Passover, and where are they going to find an open, you know, Panera bread anyway? I mean, it's like there's no, there's, nothing's open. It's Passover. Everything's closing down. And, you know, we got to get, we got to take care of these people. What are we going to do, disciples? What should we do? test jesus said have the people sit down and there were there was much green grass much grass in the place so the men sat down about five thousand in number mark says they sat down in groups of 50s and hundreds 50s i organize them all let's just get them all into groups here you know so we've got all these groups everybody sit down relax we're gonna have dinner 5,000 men, that's not counting the women and children, kick it up to about 10,000 or more. Everybody's seated. Now what's going to happen? Jesus then took the loaves, the little biscuits, gave thanks to God, distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. Mark's gospel implies by the verb it just kept coming. They can't. The disciples are like passing it out, you know, it's like, oh my goodness, it's like it's multiplying, okay? God can multiply, can't he? He can provide, he always, he does oftentimes, he just, you know, provides more than you expected, time of need, he just can do this. When you place it in his hands, and when you look to him, rather than your wallet, you know? You look to him, and so it keeps going, and they're like, oh, stop, man, like Thanksgiving, man, we're just, we're We're stuffed. We can't eat another bite. That's not in the passage. I'm just adding. You understand saying, When they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, the leaders, right? His leaders, <laughs> the 12, gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, interesting, 12 basketfuls. with the fragments and the barley loaves left. So each disciple has a, a go-home basket to remind them that Jesus can take care of them. That's my interpretation here. I mean, I don't know. Twelve basketfuls, one for each of you. Remember this occasion, which when you read the Gospels, you find out the next time this happens, they forget totally, but nevertheless. When the people saw the sign that Jesus had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet Who is to come into the world? They they are impressed with Jesus, and they begin to talk about him. Everybody's got an opinion about Jesus. They saw it. They saw what happened, and they go, "Uh, this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Deuteronomy, Old Testament now, Deuteronomy, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's all the way back in the Old Testament, the fifth book in the Old Testament. uh, Moses prophesied this. Deuteronomy 18, 15. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your brothers. It is to him you shall listen. So Moses prophesies there's coming a prophet. And they say, they're Jewish, many of them. This is it, Jesus, you're it. Moses talked about you, you're it. So they're, of course, recognizing that he is something unique. But he's much more than a prophet, you know. He's the one who's come from heaven. He's the eternal son. He's God made flesh. He is eternal. They don't quite get that, but they're going to give him at least that status of being perhaps the fulfillment of Moses' prophecy. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself, apparently some in the group said, hey, this is the prophet Moses talked about. This is the guy. We just saw the feeding. Let's make him our king, man. Kick the Romans out of here and establish the kingdom promised to David. One of your descendants, David, will sit on the throne of Israel forever. This is it. Make him king. Jesus says, no, 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 no. Not the right time. This isn't the time. No, no. He slips away, goes to a mountain to pray. That was a great time of prayer. Remember, the, the devil tempted Jesus at the beginning of his ministry, and the devil said to Jesus showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, I'll give it to you now if you bow down to me. In other words, you don't, don't, don't go by way of the cross, which is why he came, to die for us, to take our place to satisfy our sin debt. Don't go by way of the cross. I'll give you the kingdom now! And this may be another one of those occasions. that Just become king. So Jesus gets away and he prays and it's like, you know, sort of gets uh, the word from the Father as to why he's here and what he's to do. Jesus reigns as king now in heaven. And when he comes back again, he will establish his reign on the earth, on the new earth and the new heaven. That's coming. So he's up there praying and... uh, You know, uh, also as you go through chapter 6 of of John, you see the disciples go across the lake, and then he comes walking on the water to them, and I didn't cover all that. But they get to the other side, and when they get to the other side, the people that he had given dinner the the day before, they show up again. (laughs) They found him on the other side, and they said, "Uh, teacher, what's up, you know? When would you come here? I mean, we've been looking for you. And Jesus says to them, truly, truly, I say to you, you're seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of loaves. Why do you want me? You want dinner again. You're hungry. That's why you want me. I'm a commodity to you. I'm a commodity. I give you, you want something out of me. Not you didn't, You're not here because you saw any sort of sign of who I really am, but just because you ate the loaves and were all full. You know, people gathered around Jesus for different reasons. That's obvious, right? Some wanted to see a cool miracle. Some people, you know, had a need and they wanted healing. Some ate great bread and wanted some more and fish. Uh, just all kinds of reasons why people were there. There were some there because they believed he was truly the one sent from God, the Messiah, the eternal one, and they came to him for forgiveness and eternal life. But there's just a lot of different reasons. And let me tell you something. People come to church for a whole bunch of different reasons, everybody. I know that. Some come to church because, hey, it just feels good, you know? Feels good. I I go away and I just feel good. I'm ready. I feel good. Other people come because it's tradition. Our family's always gone to church. We're here. Getting the kid. Getting the car kids. Tradition, right? We all go to church. Some people lonely, want to meet some friends. Some people like the coffee and bagels, man. They're here every week. Yeah. So some come because they want to meet Jesus, the eternal Son of God. Some people come because they want to know him better and they want to worship at his feet. There's all kinds of different reasons why people come. Jesus points it out. You're you're here because of the food. And then Jesus says to them, "Don't don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life. Change of subject now. Let's talk about, let's not talk about dinner last night. Let's talk about your eternal soul, can we? Can we change the subject from the here and now to after you die? Can we talk about that? Because everybody's going to die. Can we talk about eternal life for a minute? Don't be so focused on the here and now that you miss that, all right? (laughs) Which is what I came to give you. Eternal life. For on him, Jesus, God the Father, has sent his seal. They said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? All right, we're not supposed to do, you know, we're supposed to do the works that last for eternity. All right, so what are we supposed to do? Give us a list. What do you want us to do? Go to church? I mean, read our Bible? I mean, pray? What do you want us to do? And here it is. Look, you don't miss this verse. It's very... Very important verse in the Bible, verse 29 of chapter 6 of John. Jesus answered, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. This is the work of God. Forget about the law. Forget about all that. This is the work. Believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. That's the only work you're to do. Believe, trust, trust. I believe that Jesus Christ is the eternal Son of God, made flesh, born of the Virgin, who lived a perfect life, died on the cross, was crucified, and rose again. That's the work God wants you to do, to believe in Him. How are we saved? We're saved by grace, not by works of the law. By the works of the law, that is, you know, the moral code. Nobody is justified, but we're justified by faith in Christ. Christ says it to them. All right, now we're full on into this discussion now. All they wanted was some more food, and now we're like, time with Jesus. (laughs) We're talking about eternity. We're talking about, you know, believing on the one who was sent. We're we're just into this thing now. So they said... (laughs) All right, we're supposed to believe on the one whom was sent, and uh, so, okay, uh, we need another sign, all right? Give us something, give us something more. I mean, dinner yesterday for 10,000 was amazing, but we need some more, we need more, okay? Then we'll believe in you. What work are you going to perform? You know, Let's talk about Moses a minute. Uh, They're talking to Jesus. Moses gave us manna in the wilderness. He gave us bread from heaven. What did Moses do when the Israelites were in the wilderness after they had been delivered from Egypt and they're wandering around? They were hungry and they cried out for food and God provided uh, bread for them. Uh, In the morning, they would go out and on the ground was all this... uh, Bread, I don't know how to describe, it's, it's described as being kind of a flaky crust and a flaky crust and a honey taste. I mean, it, it would be on the ground like a frost, but it would be bread to eat. And I, I picture it like croissants, you know, I mean, just like, <laughs> and with coffee, I'm good for breakfast, right? I'm just good, look at this, it, it tasted really good. It's called manna because when they first saw it, when the Israelites first saw it, they didn't know what it was, and they, so they said, what is it? That's literal translation of the Hebrew, manna. What is it, manah? So, so what are they saying? The, the Jews are saying, okay, you're the, we're supposed to believe on the one who was sent. Okay, give us another sign. Moses gave us bread every day, man. And they did. They ate every day, right? <laughs> You gave us dinner yesterday. He gave it to us every day. So can you top that? (laughs) Then Jesus said to them, truly, truly, number one, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it was my father. Here we go. My father, not God in heaven. My father gives you the true bread from heaven for well, the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven, who's that? And gives life to the world. You know what you really need? You know what you really need? You need something for your soul. Not just the body. Man doesn't live by bread alone, Jesus said, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What you really need is the one who was sent from heaven. And gives life to the world. You need a relationship with the eternal Son. That's what you need for your soul, for your spiritual life. You're still focused on material things and just getting your food and your life and hand. You're ignoring your soul. You need true life. How do you have that? How do you get that? Through a relationship with the one who was sent. Who's the one who was sent? Jesus. Who says it was my father who provided in a wilderness? You know, you need a relationship. Now, now we're, we're really deep. We're, we're into it pretty thick here. Am I right? We're really into it. We went from, hey, thanks for dinner yesterday, to, oh, what the heck are you talking about here? All this bread from heaven, soul, eternal life, all this stuff. They said to him, give it to us then. All right, we'll take it. Give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. (laughs) Again, he shifts it from physical to spiritual. Want to live forever? You want want eternal life? You want to be in a place where you never hunger, you never thirst again? The new heaven, the new earth, then that comes by me. Come to me. Come to me. Jesus didn't come to provide physical food to everybody. He came to provide the means by which you can have eternal life and never hunger and never thirst again through the forgiveness of sins and what he's come to do. He's like, you want it? You want the real stuff? You want eternal stuff? you got to come to me to get it. I am the bread of life. What a statement about Jesus Christ. I am the bread of life. This is the first of seven I am statements in the Gospel of John. This is the very first one. Seven of them. In uh, John chapter 8, Jesus will stand up, and we looked at it last last week. I am the light of the world. That's the second. I'm the light of the world. He who believes in me will have the light of life. All these statements. I'm the bread of life. You want to... You want to live forever, you take of me. That's how you live forever, and you never hunger again. Get to John chapter 10. He says, I'm the gate for the sheep. I'm the gate. The sheep hear my voice and come to me, and I number them. I call them by name. They come through the gate. I'm the one. I'm the gate. I'm the good shepherd, the fourth one. Chapter 11, the fifth one. I am the resurrection and the life. Chapter 14, the sixth one. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And the final one, John 15, the seventh one. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who bides in me will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I am the vine here. I am the bread of life. If you want to live forever, forget human bread. You'll die eventually from that. But if you take of me, You'll live forever. So (laughs) how are these people tracking, you think? You know, are they tracking with this conversation with Jesus? I'll give you a quick answer. No. They don't get it. They don't know what he's talking about. I said to you that you've seen me and yet you don't believe. Why don't they get it? Because they don't believe. Some people uh, say this. They say, seeing is believing, you know. Show us another sign. If we see it, we'll believe it. They saw it. They still don't believe. You know how you see it. Believing is seeing. Once you believe, then you see. It's not see it, believe it. It's believe it, then see it. They said, isn't this Jesus? I mean, you're talking about coming from God and... Bread of life and eternal, eternity. You're talking about all these stuff. Isn't this Jesus, the son of Joseph, man? We know his family. I mean, his father and mother. We know Mary, and jo- he's a, Joe's a carpenter in Nazareth. And we know these people. How does he now say, I've come down from heaven? It doesn't make sense. He's crazy. Like I told you last week, he's either the son of God or he's crazy. That's your only option right? <laughs> I'm the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna, yeah, that nice stuff in the wilderness. They died. If all you eat is the is earthly bread, you will eventually die. That's it. I mean, do you want eternal life? I'm like, yeah then you, gotta, you come to me. You come to me. What does it mean to come to me? What does it mean? He's going to get into that. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. Speaking of himself, right? Speaking of himself. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, me, he will live forever and the bread that I will give for, uh, give for the life of the world is my flesh. What is he saying? I'm going to give my life on the cross. I'm going to die there. I'm going to shed my blood. That will be the means of forgiveness, of entrance into eternal life. It'll be through me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, but through me, I will give my flesh on the cross. You believe in me. You come to me. You receive the gift. What's the work of God? To believe on him who was sent. They're all confused now. The Jews disputed among themselves. It creates quite a stir here. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? How weird. Jesus is using a metaphor, of course. He's using a figure of speech. I give my flesh, right? And they're like, uh, we don't get it. This is what's kind of cannibalism, you know, a little dispute. Here, yeah, what is this? Eat him? We're supposed to eat him? It's like Nicodemus in John chapter 3 when Jesus says, You must be born again to see the kingdom of heaven, Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a real religious guy. And, and Jesus says, I tell you the truth unless you're born again, you'll never see the kingdom of heaven, Nicodemus. You gotta start over, you know, and then that which is born of the spirit is spirit, etc. But Nicodemus says, Am I supposed to go back into my mother's womb? You know? Takes it all literally. I mean, he's missing the point. You know what I mean? That's what they're doing here. We gotta eat his flesh. Jesus said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, look at this statement. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. They're going, That is so weird. That's gross. A very strong figure of speech, which is saying you must be completely identified with Jesus Christ in his death, in his burial, in his resurrection, in order to see life. You must come to him, cast yourself completely fully, ultimately, on Him alone, relying not in your own works, not in your own righteousness, not in your own goodness, but relying on Him and what He does for you at the cross, His broken body, His shed blood. You take it in. You're saved. That's what He's saying. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as He taught at Capernaum, and when many of His disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? my translation he's gone too far man <laughs> it's like it's like he really is nuts who's with me let's let's go okay jesus knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this said to him said to them you take advantage of this you don't like what i just said Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? I'm talking to you about spiritual things. I'm talking to you about heavenly things, and you don't get it, do you? You don't, you don't even know. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. I'm talking to you about your spiritual life. I'm not talking about literally I'm talking about what I'm going to do on the cross, and you're, these are spiritual words. This is what you need to hear. Okay? It's the gospel. It's the gospel. But there are some of you who don't believe. Jesus knew from the beginning who those, were, who those were who did not believe who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you no one can come to me unless it is granted by my Father. He makes statements like this. He's like, you're leaving, okay, you're going to leave. The Father in heaven, in his sovereignty, has not revealed this to you. It's only those to whom the Father reveals it that will get it and will come. Everybody else, it will seem so stupid, they will leave. It's the Father, through the Spirit, who calls people to himself and opens their eyes to their need and the reality that Jesus is the Son of God from heaven and they will come to the cross and they will believe. It's the Father's doing it. After this, many of his disciples turn back and no longer walk with him. So Jesus turned to the 12, you know, the leaders. Do You want to go away too? You want to leave too? Listen, let me tell you something. People come to church for all kinds of reasons, right? I mean, it's good. I mean, it's fine. If we can get them in the door and I can share about the blood and body of Jesus, that's great. That's what I want to do, right? We get them in the door. But here's the thing if people come to church for any other reason, ultimately, ultimately, then coming to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord to be born again and find salvation in Him to, as it were, embrace His body and be be cleansed by His blood. If people come into church for any other reason than the person of Jesus Christ, they will eventually leave. I've seen it. I mean, you know, it feels good to be here. The band is so good. But then they get used to the band, and it's like, we need to find a better band, man. And we're just not feeling the same thing. Pastor's got kind of a good sense of humor, you know. He shows a few jokes. out. He's got a good sense of humor. That's good. But we've heard that joke like five times, man. Let's go, you know, let's go find somebody with new material because... And you know, I haven't been to church for a while, and we kind of enjoy gardening, and we actually feel better gardening and getting outside and exercising, going to the beach, and we can find God here. If you come for any other reason than the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be like these people here. They don't get it. They walk away. God hasn't called you. John, in his letter, 1 John chapter 2, verse 19, they went out from us. But they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they are not of us. Scripture says at the end, as we get closer to the coming of Jesus Christ, the second coming, there will be a great falling out of the church, a great apostasy of the church. It will empty out. All that, need, all that needs to happen is one good persecution of the church. Am I, are you with me? One good persecution will clean it out. I want you to come to Christ. That's why He came. So that you would know Him. The bread of life is such a beautiful picture. I mean, it's like eat of me and you'll live forever, but it's it's sustenance. I mean, we need bread. I yeah, I had yeah, bread for most meals. I mean, in, in the first century, it was, it was all bread, you know. Bread for every meal and So Jesus Christ is what you need, him in you, enough strength, enough power, wisdom to sustain you. You you have a need, you look to him, you come to him, he answers you, he's your life, he's everything. I mean, he's, so it's here and now, yes, through a relationship with him, I mean, an awareness of his amazing power, but it's also into eternity, The life you begin with Jesus now as Lord and as Savior continues right on into eternity in which we see him face to face. To the disciples, uh, you want to go away too? Peter says this, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Ooh, I can preach on that right now. You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed that you have come and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Peter's like, to whom shall we go then? I say, if you walk away, where are you going? If you walk away from the eternal Son who's made, the eternal Son of God has been made known in Jesus Christ. If you walk away from Him, where are you going? What are you going to get? What's out there for you? Secularism? Atheism? Rationalism? Materialism? Where are you going? Some of you are like, yeah, been there, done that. I want Jesus. <laughs> right? Peter made a lot of proclamations. Some were good, some weren't. But here is, he's right on. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So here's a summary of the passage. Jesus came from heaven. He says it multiple times in John chapter 6. I came from heaven. I was sent from heaven. I'm the bread that's come down from heaven. I mean, I'm from heaven, okay? Jesus, in his own words, he came from heaven. Isn't this Joseph's son? Isn't, don't we know Mary? Don't we know? No, no. He's... Yeah, that's the incarnation. That's the virgin birth. That's the Holy Spirit. Overshadowing Mary, that which is to be born of you is by the Holy Spirit. He shall be called the Son of God. Jesus, the fully man, fully God, has come. Jesus didn't come to feed the world, but to provide the means of eternal life. That's, the, that's, that's what you really need, because your life's only going to be 70, 80 years, right? Such a short time. I mean, calc- how, many, how many more years you got left? 20? Looking at some of you. (laughs) Say, you're the one with the hip replacement, Pastor. (laughs) I wasn't looking at you. You look young to me. What's the work that God requires of you? We said it, to believe on the one that was sent pray together maybe some of you just in prayer right now say to Jesus you are the bread of life and my soul is hungry for you forgive me through your shed blood and your body your flesh offered on the cross I want it all from you I want to know you I want eternal life I don't want the bread that just lasts for a short time and then I'm dead. I want the bread from heaven that when I eat and partake, I live forever. That's what I want. God, continue to reveal yourself to us as we open up your word and we hear what you say about yourself. Give us understanding. Heavenly Father, work in this church to call people to be your own. Whomever the Father gives will come. We pray that number will be in millions and millions. Bring another great awakening to our country. Bring an awakening to our town. And draw people to the things that really matter, the things of the soul and eternal life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.